Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. It's so, so true. I'm the storyteller, dropping the realness from my experience. HRS in the building, me and Boundaries, we ain't never been friends. Yeah, it's the logical genius. I don't think you're ready for this knowledge I'm about to drop. You are now listening to My Five Cents. My Five Cents. My Five Cents Podcast. Welcome to the My Five Cents Podcast. Let me go ahead and introduce the cast of characters to my diagonal bottom. We got HLS. I bet your line supper is here. What's up, everybody? Hey, man. Hey, man. Looking good. Looking fresh. In the background, we changed the background again. Love it. Every week, I'm trying to surprise y'all. You never know where I'm at. I'm like Uncle Traveling Matt from the Fraggle Rock. Oh, <laughs> that might be before your time. You, you don't know about no Fraggle Rock. You've just alienated all of our millennial and Gen Z. Seriously. All over for them. And, and, and sorry, Singapore. You probably don't have Fraggle Rock over there either. <laughs> yes. And to my left, I got the logical genius. What's up, everyone? The logical one is here, ready for another episode. Let's go and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the My Five Cents podcast, the family debate show where we take on perspective and the art of persuasion as we are the only podcast that brings on a guest and makes them into a judge to our antics. And what is our antics this week, habitual line stepper? <laughs> so <laughs> so let me tell you all. So a couple of weeks ago, this woman went viral. She went on a date, she posted on YouTube, and the date took her to Cheesecake Factory, and she refused to get out of the car. Then women and the internet went in an uproar about all the places women should not be taken to on a first date. I looked at this list, and I was like, preposterous. Some of these places <laughs> are amazing. Amazing. Asia, let's go to. Yeah, one of them on my list is my favorite restaurant of all time. The idea behind the show, as I was like, let's make these no-goes a go. These first date no's are going to be first date heroes. So we mm. had to bring a marketing expert to be our judge. So, so, Juve, tell our audience who our guest is. All right. With over two decades of experience in marketing and digital innovation, our guest is the co-founder of Office Hours a co-working and content creation studio in Union, New Jersey. She's a certified high-performing business leader who possesses an entrepreneurial spirit and a leave-your-mark attitude. She leverages her expertise in blending new media trends with timeless marketing sensibilities to drive consumer experiences and engagement. She's passionate about making a real impact and always strives for excellence, embodying a humble yet relentless hustle hard mentality that keeps her at the forefront of her field. She held senior roles at Iconics Brand Group and Rock Nation. There she explored uncharted digital territories for global brands, including Rockaware, Mark Echo, Cut and Sew, Billionaire Boys Club, and for superstar acts, including Sean Carter, AKA Jay-Z, Rihanna, and J. Cole. Please welcome to the My Five Cents podcast, Alicia Worthington, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up, everyone? Thanks for having me. Super excited to chit-chat with you guys. 
That's a resume, I'll tell you that. It is quite a resume. It's a resume right there. Listen, and I'm only 26, so I don't understand. Let's but. go. <laughs> Look at that. Now, what happened? <laughs> let's go, let's go. So let me start you with the icebreaker. Alicia, what is your superpower, and how has it assisted you in your journey? Mm. I would say my superpower is being a Swiss Army knife. Um, I like to pride myself on being, which before was a term, an entrepreneur. I think along my journey, I've always been fascinated with what I do, um, who I do it for and how I do it. And so every job, every experience, um, it afforded me the opportunity to really just open up my my tool set and kind of figure out what's what I needed to get the job done. So my superpower absolutely is Knowing how to go deep and wide, pause, no pun intended, but it's gonna be that kind of show tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's absolutely that kind of show, but um, uh, you know, no pun intended, but just um, always making sure that um, I did what I had to do to get the job done, and so hasn't failed me yet. So it's interesting that you use the word entrepreneur because uh, for a while there it became a very big buzzword like, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. And True. really, it was kind of like code name for I still live at my parents' house and, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure my life out. Don't really got a stable job, but I'm an I entrepreneur. I got these amazing ideas. Yeah. I just got to yeah. make it yeah. fruition. <laughs> now, when, when it comes to dating, uh, did you find yourself in a place where you had to describe yourself as this entrepreneur and people question, what is it that you really do? Yeah, no. So for me, I was an entrepreneur, right? I've always had a job. So I, but <laughs> the difference is, is, you know, I took on the role more than probably I was necessarily responsible for, right? Like I was just so excited about the access, the opportunities that I was like, listen, while I'm here, I got to kill it. You know, because the reality is, especially when you work in music, fashion, et cetera, a lot of times there's a lot of cousins and daughters and nieces and nephews who, you know, sometimes sit in these seats and you're like, I have to show my true talent. I have to show why I'm here. Right. Like keep myself sticky um, and, and attractive within the, the organizations. And so being an entrepreneur really gave me that that spotlight. Um, but what I will say is when I met my husband, my husband's an entrepreneur. And I remember when we first met and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But you want to get a real job. <laughs> I'm just saying, because I never saw an entrepreneur in the flesh, if that makes sense, or anybody who looked like us. And so just mm. being honest, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I hear you. And it wasn't until we actually got together um, that I realized, oh, wow, this thing, he he was an entrepreneur before it was the new black, right? Like, <laughs> so um, now 18 years later, um, super excited that he has this design agency where we, we've been able to start office hours together and really create something. That's why it's O-U-R-S because it's ours, right? It's a husband and wife. Ah, you see what we did there? Yeah. I did, I did yeah. see that. I did see yeah. that. <laughs> genius right there. Marketing yeah. genius right yes. there. Clever. Clever. Super excited about taking some of that magic and finally putting it to, to work for myself, for us. How intimidating was it for you, like, to be an entrepreneur? Because like you said, like most people, I mean, at least me growing up, I didn't know many or at all any entrepreneurs, right? So I didn't have anyone to kind of look into within my family, within any, any people that I, I looked up to 
I could say, oh, wow, this person is doing it themselves, starting a business themselves or whatever the case may be. How, how, how intimidating was it for you to kind of see that? Or did you have someone in your life that you can kind of look to, to, to get that guidance and inspiration from? No, love that you shared that you asked that. I mean, honestly, my husband was like him being that first real life example. And I think, listen, the proof of concept is there when you're paying bills, right? Like, so <laughs> to HLS's point, like, right, like the hoop dreams and folks who are like, oh, yeah, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, yeah, I hear you, but you know that they're on the couch, right? So. <laughs> This was my real life example. This was someone who I was building a life with, who day in and day out was sending out proposals, get closing jobs, you know, getting the work done, right? Like he was on that hamster wheel of like entrepreneurship. And so that lit a fire in me to understand like, man, it could, it could be done. And I think sometimes when you work in corporate America or for other folks, right, you don't realize that just like the rubber hit the road there, if you take that same uh, output for yourself, and you have that right idea, as long as the framework all lines up, you can make it happen. But we're not taught to uh, take a bet on ourselves. Yeah. It yeah. sounds cliche, take, but like- Take I, the safe route, right? Yeah, yeah go yeah. safe, yeah. I grew up, my uh, most of my family worked for the MTA, Department of Transportation, Corrections. And it's so like when I turn, right? They're like, you need a pension, mm -hmm. okay? You, you, what, what you doing? You need to take the city test. And so I grew up with, with that thought process. And I'll just tell you a fun fact real quick. I was working at Rockaway. I was probably like two years in and, um, Dyfus, uh, which is child protective services here in New Jersey. I'm blanking on the name of it in the city. Oh my God. Um, CPS is it or something like that? Like that yeah. yeah. You, you know what I, where I'm going. They called me and they said, hey, you know, you took the test. Here's this job. And I was like, oh, what's the salary? And they were like, oh, 19000 I was making 30000 And I was like, listen, there was no OnlyFans then. But I was like, listen. I'm broke. So just the thought of $19,000, I'm like, who, how? Like, where's the rest? Let me look under the rock. I got to be kidding. So. To your point, um, him seeing to to just close the loop on that question is like me seeing him in the flesh, really getting it in, getting a job done. It was super inspiring. And I mean, 18 years later, he's still doing the damn thing. So shout out to my boo. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. Uh, with, with, with your marketing background, what do you mm -hmm. think is the most significant piece of marketing? Is it the spoke person? Spokesperson? Is mm -hmm. it the jingle? Or is it the slogan? Hmm. The reason I'm going to go with slogan, spokespeople, right? They're human just like us. They go in and out, right? They're hot today, cold tomorrow. And especially in this day and age of social media, right? It's People feel like they can reach out and touch folks, right? Back in the day, you only saw or heard right from a celebrity when they had a show or a single dropped or you know something of that nature. Now it's like you can look on their Instagram, you know, when they go into the bathroom, you know, when they had a bad day, uh, before the sneaker even drops, you get the sneak peek. Yeah. So the the velvet rope access, kind of like just the nature of what that looks and feels like, especially with social media kind of happening, like that's tried and true. Um, the reason I feel like the slogan is most important is because you can strike a chord with like emotion. 
Think about Sloom and Shield. Think about all these different, you're like, I'm not even trying to buy, you know, a, a new set of tires and you you remember <laughs> a jingle. You know what I mean? Something silly. And it really strikes a chord. And, and it, it taps into emotion, not only because it's a muscle memory, but you can remember sitting on your grandmother's couch. You could remember, you know, an uncle who loved X type of coffee, you know, all those jingles and those slogans can really like stick with you. So slogan to me, it's like, just do it. It doesn't go away. It's mm -hmm. that stamp on a brand that sticks with you when it means something to you. So slogan is it for me. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, who did Subway have? Was it Jared? Was Jared the spokesperson? Yeah, it was Subway? Jared. It was right. Jared. And Jared... I can't recall. I feel like Jared got into trouble, right? We, we yeah, he got. Into, I know. You feel, he did get. Not, it's not a feeling. He got into trouble. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it was a feeling that got him into trouble. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know what? I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you can only attach, I guess, so much to those people. I mean, even the Verizon. Uh, can you hear me now, guy? He switched over to Sprint. Sprint. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So you. You had this attachment to this person being with this brand with Verizon and then just swapped on over. It's like, yeah, well, did the vibes come over? Did Was Verizon now pulling Sprint's customers? You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting when it comes to what is it that fits into this marketing world. Yeah. Uh, for you as a person who has worked in this realm, uh, working with Rockaware and, and, and Mark Echo. Now you're talking about the culture. You definitely are someone that was definitely deeply rooted in it. Mm -hmm. When you see where we were before in comparison to now, uh, especially with social media and how everything is out there, would you say that the culture has been prostituted? Hmm. That's a strong word. Yeah. It's, it's, the reality is, I think there's a lane and there's an audience. What social media has shown us is that there's a lane and there's an audience for all of it, right? Whether it's full on boobs out, whether it's head to toe covered, right? Like there are some folks who they, they'll look at what people are selling and they're okay with how they're selling it to them. And I think that the reality is the day and age that we're in, we're in the microwave generation. I even said, as we go into 24, I'm going to call it the air fryer generation, right? Like, <laughs> just the reality is people want it in and out. Mm -hmm. When we grew up, you had to put it in the oven. There was some love. You know, you wanted to marinate. Yep. Yeah, you wanted to let it marinate. You might have had to inject some flavors in it. And you're like, yeah. you think about even like with an album release, right? Think about that whole drip campaign. Oh, the track listing. Uh, yeah. The single, the cover art, the yeah. music video, right? All this lead up to the album. Now you drop a snippet and the customer, the consumer, they're like, when's the tour happening? It's like, does this person even have an album to perform? <laughs> yeah. Legit. We are, Point. We are definitely, Point. yeah, we're definitely in that snackable generation. And I think that has voided the warranty on the thought process behind how we allow people to project to us. So yeah, when they say the game is meant to be sold, unfortunately, like there's a lot of souls that you can buy out there now by just pouring stuff out. And so 
Yes, I think the, the end product is is nice, but it's more the story and how people can really strike a chord with individuals, no matter what they're selling. Look at these things on TikTok that go super viral. Rosemary oil, as an example, mm-hmm. Miel Organics, the hair care brand, they had the, the rosemary oil, all these TikTokers were using it. Oh, it helped my hair grow back. That company was acquired. It was sold and acquired, right? Black-owned business, did phenomenal. But this rosemary oil was like the new thing. How many grandmamas probably have some rosemary oil in their kitchen? (laughs) Right? And probably before they hot combed their hair, they to put a little bit on it. But it's that story. It's that snackable content that ropes people in. And now they have to try it, buy it. And what happens? Their sphere of influence looks at that and says, oh, shoot, if Tanya's trying it and Kiki's trying it, then I need to try it too. And so sometimes that happens with the good things, but to your to, to your point, it also happens with the bad things. So yes, prostitution is happening. They're on a strip. Do you do you think this is tied to like uh, the concept of like like a quick flip, right? Because I feel like everything nowadays is, especially when when people are starting businesses. Like you yeah. talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, they're like, "Oh, I'm I'm just trying to get this started. Hopefully, somebody to come in big and buy me out, give me a quick billion or two, which is great. You know, if you can do that, great. But you know, in the past, it used to be I want to build something long-term and that's how these these long-lasting brands like coca-cola and nike mm-hmm. have been lasting for decades but now yeah. it's more like all right you got the, you got the ones at the top that are just swallowing up the ones that are start starting to come around because people are just so so quick to just flip it and just get yeah. rid of it and make a quick buck on it what like do you think that's like how it's going to be now that we're no longer going to see these like long-term franchises or, or brands going forward <laughs> That's a great question. I think for sure we're already seeing that start to slow down. You know, unfortunately, you know, post George Floyd, there was like this whole world that opened up. Oh, we need to pay attention to black owned businesses. We need to open up the shelves. You know, you would go into a store and you see 12 brands predominantly in the men's aisle. And now you see 60 brands, right? Because it's like, oh, we need to invite sort of everyone in. And what you're starting to see is even in industries like CPG, People starting to right size the shelf. Uh oh, we brought in all these people. We kind of got to get some people out of here. But you know, the reality is, people are tired, especially people who can't get the funding to be able to to continue. You know, chipping away at legacy. You know, so you got entrepreneurs who seven years in. I mean, it feels like fifteen years in. You know, it's it really is challenging to to finance to staff um the mental capacity even more than a capital it puts a strain on folks and so you know when you're looking at some of these brands like i was in the uh men's grooming space you know you look at these harry's dollar shave clubs etc as an example getting 120 million dollars in funding and then you look at black owned brands getting 11 million 15 million you know by the time that check comes in that check is gone so a lot of times, like you, you've ran that race and people say, oh, it's a marathon. Yeah. But after 12, 14 years, you're like, how much more do we have to do? Um, and so to that point, I think there are some folks who, yes, they want to be acquired. They're in it for short term, right? Short tail is to build it up. Long tail mm-hmm. is to kind of to sell it. But then the others are just tired. For someone who's put in, you know, seven years of hard work into their their 
company, that's 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 what they're looking for, you know, a retirement fund, so to speak, and, and get out early um, because the long haul, the long haul might not be fun. Yeah, it's it's painful, and then at, at what at what cost? Yeah, right. At what what's the cost of the legacy? Your mental health, you know, um, being bootstrapped is sounds exciting and it sounds fun, but entrepreneurship is no joke. Building a brand is no joke, and especially in this day and age where everyone has a shot at it. You know, once you're two, three, four years in, again, you've been battle tested, but you're also still every day fighting that fight. And so I think we would all love to hold on to our brands for for a minute. But I think as we sell off our brands, it's it's about how do we continue to keep that equity within it? I think Shea Moisture did a great job. You know, they sold but then they also had that fund, right? And that fund now is allowing other entrepreneurs to, to get a piece to continue to build their brand. So how do we make sure that the responsibility is passed on? You sell, what's the responsibility to the communities that these brands were built for or powered by? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, thank you for that. That was a very great point there. And as a uh, logical genius said, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, sometimes it's not fun, but we're going to get into something that's a little bit more fun. And HLS, go ahead and break down what is our topic for today. So our topic today is, as I mentioned before, we're taking these first date no's into a first date go. So it went viral, all of these lists of places that women said, no, don't take me on a first date. It was Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's, Chili's, Chipotle, the movies, Wingstop, IHOP, the gym, so many. 25 places. First date knows, making them a first date go. That's the topic for tonight. All right. And Logical Genius, please explain to our guests what's going to happen in our next segment. Well, before, before I do that, Alicia, let me ask you something. How much of a hit do you think these brands took from this list? Because it did go viral, right? A lot of these franchises had to defend themselves on social media some played along or whatever but that's that's a huge hit no or or is the age old saying any publicity is good publicity is that so yeah. true it, it, the reason I, I don't feel like these brands took a hit is because what people have to realize is everyone's reality is their reality right and so folks who this some of these places aren't necessarily their reality um they're okay with them being on the list because they know that there is that upper tier. They know they know that their preferred places to dine are at their fingertips, right? And so the folks who this is their go-to because they feel like they've made it or this is what their pockets can afford, I think that they're more than fine with these places on the list. Okay. Well, absolutely. our reality is that we're going to try to save some of these things because... We, we, you know, depending on who you ask, some of these places got a bad rap and they felt like they, you know, why, why, why did they just pick on us? And this anonymous list that came out of nowhere that no one knew the origin story, maybe some 11 year old kid just made it up and just thought it was funny, <laughs> right? Who knows? So what HLS Social Juve and I are going to do is present you our list of the five from this list that we think we can rebrand to salvage. And you being the expert that you are, are now are the judge. And you get to decide who has the best list. But before yeah. you do that, HLS, please explain to our judge what is the criteria for judging. 
See, we kind of touched upon earlier, Alicia, you know, it's all about how you sell. It's all about the marketing. But in this case, there is no criteria. Not a known. You might like the fact that I have a story that's logical, and that's why you choose me. No as, way. As the number no, one. no way. <laughs> you is the most illogical out of what? all of us. No, there's no way that's the reason why. Okay. You might decide to choose me because I have the best slogans. You might decide my list is the best because I took the business approach. And being a businesswoman, you may appreciate that. Okay. Whatever you decide you. is completely up to you. But okay. your first task now is you get to choose who goes first. Mm, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm going with the logical genius. Oh, great choice. Great choice, Alicia. All right. Let's, let's get this started. I mean, being a businesswoman... You know about KPIs. That's my focus. My focus is on the KPIs of this. So at number five, I'm going to start with IHOP. And I'm going to, we talked about slogans earlier, right? The slogan I'm going to use from them is 51st States. And 51st States with one particular person, HLS. This is why, right? The In dating, you have to secure that first date, right? That's one of the hardest things to do is to get that first date. But ladies out there, HLS is not single anymore. But if back in the day, he was single and you threw an IHOP, it's guaranteed a date with HLS. This is so true. you cannot beat that true. conversion rate. It's a 100% conversion rate. So my first KPI is a 100% conversion rate with first date, which HLS. At number four, I have Applebee's. Now, the slogan I have for them is more for less. Here's why. ROI, return on investment. Applebee's has this thing called late night half price appetizers. And me and HLS used to frequent that late night half price appetizers. So you get more bang for your buck. So even if the first date was a horrible date, you're going to be fed, you're going to be full, and you're going to get more for your money than you expected. So that's a good ROI for me. At number three, I, I put coffee date. Coffee date, I think, is probably one of the, the less no pressure, no commitment type of dates you can take. It's low risk, high reward. You, you don't have to put much into it to get a lot of information from this date. Not a lot of money, not a lot of time. Spend a couple of hours maybe or an hour or so having a drink, having a conversation. And within that, you can probably gauge whether or not you want to see this person again or say, you know what? Hey, I got to get back to work. And you have a very quick exit strategy, right? Built-in exit strategy out of it. At number two, I have bowling. I don't know why bowling was so so bad on this list, right? Why, 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 why bowling? The slogan I have for that is no staring necessary. So with a lot of dates, it oftentimes requires you to sit in front of the person and you're like constant eye to eye, constant interaction. And some people have social anxiety when it comes to that. Bowling gives you a break in between where you're doing something else, in it, but you're still interacting in a different way without that constant eye to eye contact in the conversation that could make some people feel a little nervous because not that they don't want to speak to them, but they're just, you know, again, social anxiety. And on top of that, you can check out your dates, but while they're bowling without feeling weird, right? Because, you know, you have to look at them bowl and just you're, you're behind them. So it's just, you know, win-win. And at number one, um, I, I think this is the, one of the perfect first date 
locations to do or things to do is to have a drink at a bar. Now, I'm not saying go to a pub and get drunk and liquor it up and and hung over or anything like that. But in the New York area, and at least you know this, there are a lot of great bars, right? Social bars with great music, jazz, whatever type of music you, you want to listen to, a great ambiance and great drinks and a great atmosphere. I, I think the, the context of the bar matters because if you're saying this is a hole in the wall bar and it's a bunch of hooligans and drunk college students or whatever, no, but there are a lot of good bars here. So the slogan after this is you get to unwind together, unwind and have a drink. And some of the drink takes the nerve out of you. Having this one-on-one -on -one intimate time of just having a drink, having a conversation, some of the best dates I've ever had, some of the best first dates I've ever had was just sitting at a bar with a person, having a nice conversation, sharing a drink with them. And Alicia, that is my five cents. All right. All right. Who do you want to hear from next? Now, logical didn't put me to sleep this time, so it, w it wasn't. A <laughs> well, that's a medical issue you have. I, I, we <laughs> want to get into that. I mean, come on. Shots fired. All right, HLS, you got a lot to say, so let's hear what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So here's my five cents on uh, on the topic, uh, Alicia. Uh, I'm a man of a certain age. I, I've been on a couple of dates, and, and I understand it, it's tough for women. I know some single women out there in the streets and, and they can't find a, a good match. And, and and I get it. And I get it. So at number five, in the immortal words of my man, Quentin Spivey, welcome to paradise. And that's my house. Come over to my house. Come to my paradise. Why? Because you can learn so much about a man from his dwelling, how, how he cooks, how he cleans, if there's cereal somewhere in the corners of his couch, if there's if there's dust anywhere, <laughs> you could kind of get to the, and he could cook for you, so you can see if he's domesticated. You see, you see if there's like socks on the floor, if the bathroom's clean. You can learn a lot from a man by stepping into his house. It's quiet. You could be yourself. Take your shoes off. Just relax. You had a hard day at work. Just want to kick it. Just want to kick it. My house. And number four. The slogan of this one is wing bearing sports, right? Buffalo Wild Wings. However, however, you got to think about it this way. Even if the date is bad, Alicia, guess what? You're still going to score, right? Still going to score. So Buffalo Wild Wings, here's why it's good. Here's why it's a good, here's why it's a good place to go on a first date. You get to see a man be a man. You get to see him in his element. How we act around beer. If there's sauce in his lips, does he wipe it with the back of his hand or does he use a napkin? Is there any sort of class while he's dining on these wings? Is he going for the mega death hot wings and burning his mouth and making a fool of himself? Again, it's it's about the study of, of this potential suitor. You, you, you kind of like see how is he is when he's out with his boys, is this how he behaves? Is is this is this it? Can can I get down with this? Can I not? Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports, and more, and someone's gonna score. And number three, and number three, I can't. I'm sorry. You like it? You like it? I know you guys like it. And number three, I have the movies, because you know what? You'd be surprised what pops up in the dark. So at the movies, here's the beautiful thing about the movies. 
You have drama, you have comedy, you have action, you have all these things. And if you're not really sure how you feel, you kind of sit there and silently interact. This person share the popcorn? Do they crunch love with their nachos? Do they laugh at all the things that you found funny? And if it's a good day, if it's a good two hours, you can say, hey, let's go somewhere else. Let's go hang out more. So you already have an elongated date. And if it's bad, you have that time crunch. You say, the movie's done, date is over, I'm out. And number two, poor decision leads to good times. The bar. Poor decisions. Right? So, again, you get to figure out how this person acts in certain settings. Are they doing shots on the first date? Are they flirting with the waitress or the bartender? Are they dancing on the bar? Is it one of those bars where people hang their bras and all of a sudden you see underwears? The bar. Like Logical Genius said, it could be uh, a quiet place with a fireplace or it could be, you know, O'Flanagan's happy hour bar and, and you're doing shots. You kind of get to see how someone interacts with the amount of alcohol they have. Are they drinking a, a classic martini in old fashioned? Are they doing Jägermeister shots? Got to figure it out. Who are you getting involved with? Now, number one, it's, it's the upscale casual dining. The staff wears a shirt and tie to serve you. And it comes with free bread. That brown bread is delicious. Cheesecake Factory. If you're one of those women out there who never knows what they want to eat, that menu is extensive. There's a low-cal menu. There's a snack menu. There's a extensive. And if you're really not feeling the date, you can take it to go and grab some cheesecake to go. That's my five cents. On the first date knows that should be a go. That (laughs) was. (laughs) What's going on? I'm I know you love it. I know you love it. I know you love it. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Well, here we go. So so Drew in the building. I don't know what building I'm in anymore, but I'm in it. <laughs> Here's my five cents on the topic. So I feel like maybe I took a little bit of a different approach. I know that logical genius was thinking about it more on the business end. I'm looking about it more on the dating, the love end. So I understand that you're a businesswoman. He kind of tended toward your business side. I'm going to tend to your woman side. And when you're talking about a date, what are you looking for? You are looking for commitment. And that's why you want to witness commitment at number five, the gym, Planet Fitness, where dates can come judgment-free. I mean, what better place? What better place than the gym to recognize commitment? Is this person committed to the gym? Will they be committed to myself? Planet Fitness. When we talk about dating, you you want to set the mood. And McDonald's has the McBundle deal. Where you can get certain items as part of your bundle. And nothing gets you in the mood better than 90s R&B. And there's no greater R&B group than Boys to Men. So this requires the help of Michael McCary of Boys to Men. For those of you who don't know, he was the one who talked on all the songs in his deep voice. 
and perfected the mm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And literally, that's all he did was talk. <laughs> he just, he didn't, he just talked. He, he wasn't the me. singer; he was the talk. So let me try my Michael McCary voice. Hold on. Oh, <clears throat> Why should you go to McDonald's for a McBundle? Because it's winter time. It's time to bundle up. Mm. <laughs> that right there. Number number bundle up. Mm. <laughs> right there. Okay, number three. I think we are all on the same wavelength on this one. <laughs> number three, I got a bar for drinks. And the way that I'm going to put the scene together is, have you ever swiped right when you met him and wish you swiped left? Well, come to the bar where your date starts to look better with every drink. <laughs> Think about it. Think about whatever that filter starts to go down. Hey, you know what? This might be a go. This might be a go now. That's number three. The bar that comes with free beer goggles. Yeah. <laughs> it comes with free beer. What? And that's a perfect segue into my number two. Because, yes, there's a spiritual piece to it, but everybody likes a bargain. Everybody likes a two for one. So, I'm painting the scene of church. Have you had sex without marriage? Have you coveted your neighbor's wife or stole your best friend's girl? Come to church for our two for one special. Seek forgiveness for yesterday's sins while looking for tomorrow's blessings. <laughs> Think on it. Think on it. And shoot, we can even bring back Michael McCary as the voice of God. <laughs> <laughs> Seek forgiveness for yesterday's sins while looking for tomorrow's blessings. Mm. That right there, church at number two. And at number one, what is the biggest barrier to dating? Oh, we already know what the biggest barrier is. And we were talking about this air fryer generation. So we want to get to it. Like we want to know what these barriers are. And that's why I have family function. You could have mm. the father drinking alcohol. You have the mother breastfeeding her teenage son. <laughs> Family functions. Discover <laughs> the childhood trauma. Because that's the biggest barrier to dating, right? Is the unresolved childhood trauma. Mm. And that right there, Alicia, is my five cents on the topic. What is going to happen <laughs> is... <laughs> what is going to happen is... I need a drink. Yes, <laughs> you and me both. Let's all go to the we bar. Gonna, yes, we are going to give you some time to think on it. Oh, why? In our next episode, we are going to come back and we are going to want to know what your decision is mm. on these lists right here. So, until next week, stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>